0: Hello and welcome into episode number 59. Yes, number 59 of Just Saying Sports with Jake and Sean. My name is Jake Annip here with Sean Dwyer. How are you doing, my friend? Oh, wonderful. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I know Sean's doing good because guess what today is? Oh, boy. It's not hump day, everybody. It is our college football preview show, Sean's favorite episode of the year. And we have plenty to talk about. Obviously, there's a new college football season coming up. A lot of the blue buds sitting there in the top 10. Some who belong, some who might not belong. It's all going to shake out really quick. But what we're going to do is kind of follow the format of our, our college football preview show last year and go uh, conference by conference and kind of have a winner chosen or a predictor winner for each side of the conference um, and who will eventually win the conference. And then uh, maybe even some college football playoff picks, some players to watch, uh, things like that. So make sure you stay tuned in for uh, all the college football action you will need before the season starts in, what is it, Sean, 13, 14 days? Yep. Not long. Yeah, well no, no, sorry, thirteen it would be thirteen days. Man. So uh yeah. Uh we're we're gonna get, go ahead and get started here shortly. But Sean, uh just before we get started, college football's coming back. What's your uh what's your most excited thing about it? I mean, is it just about seeing uh all this stuff come back to the field or is there a particular thing that you're looking forward to this season?
1: It's just for me, it's more of the season, you know college football, NFL football, it's all just kind of gets lumped into one for most people, but to me, it's two completely different seasons, so I get my two favorite times of the year happening at once, and it's just amazing.
0: I mean, Sean is, just so so everybody who listens knows, Sean's so into this, I think it's at least four or five years running that he's in a college fantasy football league. Um, I've never been able to do both, uh, but I know you still enjoy that. Or are you back in that this year?
1: Yeah, I've got two college football fantasy leagues going right now. Um, I might add one more if I feel bored at work one day. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> if you feel
0: bored at work one day. But, I, I mean, I know we're in a couple NFL fantasy football leagues together, uh, a couple fantasy football leagues for college football. Uh, I'm, what I'm trying to do is make the point that you know that Sean is a college football nerd. Yeah, and much. he is about to, uh, you know, do some in-depth analysis for us uh, on a lot of these teams. We're going to uh, go ahead and start off and go with the SEC as our, uh, our first uh, victim, per se, of our, our second annual um, college football preview show. Uh, we're going to start off with the SEC uh, West, Sean. That's where the big boys lie. They have for a long time. Uh, just what do you see shake it out in the SEC West? Do you think anybody can take down Alabama? And if somebody's gonna be close, who do you think has the best shot?
1: Uh, no, no one's gonna take down Alabama. If I had to pick one team to give them a push, it would be LSU just based off the talent on their roster. Um, the other reason I'm going with the reason I'm going with Alabama is Tua should be fully healthy again. They have Jerry Judy and three other very capable wide receivers. They're returning defense players on all levels, and they have a running back in Najee Harris, who's going to finally be get that Derrick Henry type workload. With uh, I know that just came out, their incoming freshman running backs out for the year. They have a bunch of other um, guys at the running back position, but Najee Harris is going to be the featured back in Alabama. I think you could put up Derrick Henry numbers. I think he could be a Heisman sleeper. And I think that's when Alabama's got a running game, they they tend to do very well. I mean, do you think
0: even Florida has a shot
1: at beating them? I mean,
0: the only I know there's only a couple teams. The only teams that have beaten them from the SEC over the last five years are Ole Miss and Auburn. Ole Miss has beaten them twice. Auburn's beaten them once. Uh, the other people: Clemson and Ohio State. Uh, obviously. Nick Saban's had the SEC under wraps for a long time, but do you think that some of these other SEC West teams have a shot at even giving them that one loss that they normally have?
1: Um, to be it's just in the SEC. No, no, no. West. What, yeah,
0: no. I'm talking about just in the SEC West.
1: Oh, all right. Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, I mentioned LSU. That could be the team that gives them the most push, but. Outside of that, I don't see Arkansas. Um, no. Miss you, uh, Ole Miss, no. Mississippi State, no. Texas A&M might be a good game, but no. Um, Auburn, it's going to be an emotional game, but no. So, that I mean, I leaves LSU. And
0: possibility. I mean, they are already ranked inside the top ten to start the season.
1: Yeah. I mean, LSU uh, is – Joe Burrow is going to be better this year for them. I don't know who they're going to have at running back. Um, they're going to have a good defense, as always, but it doesn't matter when they play Alabama, if you remember last year's game. Um, so I'm going to go with Alabama. I'm going to stick with Alabama, and I'm going to give LSU, like, a 20% chance. A 20% chance. Yeah. All
0: right. Well, uh, Alabama for the SEC West. Now, in the SEC East, um, we know that there's somebody who's given them a run for their money uh, for the conference title uh, in the last couple of years in Georgia. I mean, two games they probably should have won, but uh, do you see them coming out of the SEC East or do you see somebody else challenging and possibly uh, dethroning them from where they've been over the last few years?
1: I think that Florida is going to give them a big push in that game whenever it's played. Uh, just to go top to bottom, you know, Vanderbilt, I don't see making a big run at Georgia, Tennessee, South Carolina, I don't see it. Uh, Missouri is going to have to figure out how to get Kelly Bryant mixed in into a new system, losing Drew Locke, Kentucky kind of had a flash in the pan. They lost, I think, seven or eight guys from that team to the draft uh, or undrafted free agents. So they lost a lot of talent. And so that leaves Florida and Georgia. And I'm going to go with Georgia. And I think that when you have Jake Fromm coming into his third year starting at Georgia, when you have Swift returning, who was a 1,000 yard back last season, and people forget that they had another five-star premier Amir White, miss all of last season. And then when you return four-fifths of your offensive line and a defense that has been getting recruiting class after recruiting class of five stars, they're going to figure it out. So I think Georgia has the most talent in the SEC East, and I think they win it.
0: Now, I mean, they like I said before, um, Georgia got basically – should have beaten Alabama uh, in 2017 and 2018 uh, in the national championship and an SEC championship, respectively. Uh, They will no doubt meet up again this year. What do you think the chances are of Georgia kind of getting over that hump and taking Alabama maybe out of the college football playoff conversation?
1: I think the odds are better that Georgia beats them than knocks them out of the playoff. Because Alabama, if they're in the SEC championship game, they've obviously won the West. And to me, that means that they are undefeated through SEC play. So that Well, means that's they're not un- always unde- the case. Would, I'm, the point I'm trying to make is that if Georgia beats Alabama, they might move Alabama from the one seed to the four seed. Um, I don't know if they knock them out of the playoffs if they win, but I think Georgia has – a great chance at knocking Alabama out in the championship game this year, probably the best that they have, but I'm still going to go with Alabama and Nick Saban because they got to prove to me that they can't win the sec and whatever they've gotten in trouble in sec title games, they, they've pulled it out. They've made it happen. And until Nick Saban and Alabama show me that they can't do that, I'm going to go with Alabama as the safe pick.
0: Well, I mean, now, I'm just going to get this out of the way early then. Do you think that Alabama is, uh, you know, the top team in the country this year?
1: I do. I do think that. I think they're the number one team in the country.
0: All righty. Now, just as I said, when we do our picks here, um, I mean, you get Alabama coming out of the SEC. But give me a player or two to uh, pay attention to in the SEC that, that you think that our listeners should keep a lookout for who could possibly make some waves.
1: Um, one I already mentioned was Najee Harris. He only has attempted 178 carries in his career at Alabama. Last year he had about 800 yards. Added a little bit with his, um, I'm sorry, added a little bit with his receiving, but he was not fully featured in that offense. And right now you're going to be coming to a time where Derek, he's going to be the Derek Henry guy in the role. Derek Henry, if you remember, had. 200-something-plus touches, I believe, in that role in Alabama when they won the national title and when he won the Heisman. He's going to be in that role. I think he could be a big deal. Um, Grant Delpit is the other guy. He's going to be a top-five overall pick in next year's draft. Um, Last year, 74 tackles, five sacks.
0: No, no, no. hold on, hold on. Grant Delpit, safety for uh, LSU, right? Yes. Okay, yeah, just, just for the people who don't know who he is, so they know who he is. Um, Yeah, he's a a, a, a sophomore, correct, or is he a
1: junior? He's going to be a draft-eligible player. I don't know if he's a redshirt sophomore or a junior, but last year had five tackles, nine and a half tackles for loss, five interceptions. It was labeled as the most versatile safety of America. Um, To me, he is a bigger Jamal Adams from what I've seen of him, and we know Jamal Adams has been doing pretty well for the Jets. But yeah, I mean his time uh so far, I
0: mean he he's made waves right off top. Now, uh who do you think uh has the best chance to surprise? Um even if it's in the lower tiers of the SEC. I mean, Kentucky came out and had a 10-win season last year, which was the first time in only God knows how long. Uh, you know, did did some pretty big things. What's going to be your biggest surprise in the SEC this season?
1: To me, the biggest surprise is going to be, what can Auburn do? I think that Auburn is going to be, they have a defensive front that is amazing. They're going to have to put it all together. But I think it's a put-up or shut-up year for Gus Malzahn. And if he doesn't get anything figured out at Auburn, and they don't at least finish second or third in that SEC West, he might be out the door, no matter what kind of contract situation he has. All right.
0: We're going to move on to the Big Ten – Uh, our hometown conference. Uh, But nonetheless, um, one that seems like it could be pretty highly contested this year. A lot of people are favoriting uh, Nebraska on the West and a lot of, obviously, doing Ohio State in the East, even though they lost Urban Meyer. I mean, getting uh, fields in, i going to be, I mean, starting there for them uh, after leaving Georgia. uh, One of the top prospects in the, in the country. Um, He's going to be doing quite a bit, but, uh, let's, let's start in the West and, uh, go off with the, uh, the side that's, you know, might be, uh, you know, being a little shaken up from what we've seen over the last few years. I said, Nebraska has been the favorite in the media, but what do you think, Sean?
1: I'm when I started looking at the big 10 West, it really came down to, I don't buy the Nebraska hype. So I started looking at things differently than most people do. Wisconsin's going to be in a down year. I don't buy Purdue turning it into a 10-11 win season that fast. So that leaves me with um, Northwestern and Iowa. And I'm going to go with Iowa, mostly because I think Nate Stanley, um, he's going to be in his third year of starting for Iowa. And last time Iowa had a quarterback comparable to that was C.J. Bethard when Iowa went undefeated regular season, went to the Big Ten championship game and they figured it out as their season went. I think this is an Iowa team that is very comparable to that. They're going to do Iowa things. It's just the way to put it. They're going to grind out games. They're going to win games defensively. They're going to probably look like they're going to lose a game that they shouldn't and then pull it out. And I think Iowa, with Nate Stanley leading the way, makes it to Indianapolis.
0: Now, I want to ask you, with, with Iowa, obviously we know that the Lions drafted TJ Hawkinson, and also Noah Fant left their system. Uh basically the two best tight ends in college football last year. We've talked a lot about them on this podcast. Um, how do you think they're able to fill that hole and uh, you know, beat, you know, what does look like a pretty good Nebraska team under Scott Frost?
1: There are Iowa, they're gonna find tight ends. I mean, there's enough corn pickers in Iowa that they're gonna find some six six dude out in the fields that just knows how to catch a football. I mean it's Iowa.
0: Well I mean it, well I mean still like do you think there's do you think they're gonna have to like up their running game or use oh, they're uh, going a little to bit. Did, I mean but besides that there, there's always been a power run team but do you think they might have to spread it out just a little bit more if they don't have guys on the outside who can block like Hawkinson and Sant
1: maybe. I think that they might. I think that they could also really do something that Michigan State's done in past years with uh, Dennis and with Glyker and Make a, Get your most athletic tackle and turn him into a blocking tight end. Um, I think we've seen it used to some success. I think Iowa could go that route if they can't find a blocking tight end and they want to shift between the blocking and a pass receiving tight end. I don't see why they couldn't do that.
0: All right. Well, you have Iowa coming out of the Big Ten West now in the yeah, Big Ten East.
1: Not confident. Not confident in the West. I have no idea what's going to happen.
0: Not confident. But – I mean, like I said, the Nebraska team under Scott Frost looks like it could be good, but they've been trending upwards. But I don't know that they're gonna. I, I, I guess I see the West as they could they could beat up on each other, yeah. And one of these teams could be coming in at you know only having nine wins into the championship game, uh, just because they beat out everybody in their you know they're in the West. I could uh, see that. Way. You know where they you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me, but no. In the East, uh, you know, obviously, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, um, all ranked highly to start the season are in the preseason polls. But uh, it's going to be highly contested. Like I said, no Urban Wire. Uh, Jim Harbaugh still trying to get that elusive conference title. And D'Antonio trying to turn around from a pretty bitter season last year.
1: Um, What what do you think
0: shakes out in the East?
1: I'm going to go with Ohio State. Um, And my reasons are, even though there's been a little bit of controversy lately that Justin Fields hasn't been named the starter, I think he steps in and is one of the top three quarterbacks in the Big Ten right away. He is a tight recruited, was basically tied with Trevor Lawrence in recruiting rankings, which I know don't mean fiddly, but he was highly uh, highly regarded and next to Trevor Lawrence. So he comes to Ohio State now. Uh, Ryan Day, I don't think it's going to be much of a drop-off from Urban Meyer because Urban Meyer had coordinators, and Ryan Day was that offensive coordinator. The amount of time uh, Urban Meyer spent calling plays was not as much as it had been in the past. Ryan Day was running that offense. And I think that he, they keep that, and they keep a lot of their defense. So they return 10 regulars on defense. Combine that with J.K. Dobbins having there still and a very experienced offensive line that loses some pieces, but they got the guys that shuffled in a lot last season. I think Ohio State wins the Big Ten East. I mean, and do you think they do it easily? Oh, no, not easily. They're going to probably win a majority of their games. I don't see them losing two games, but I think they're going to be closely competitive games. I
0: mean, but, but, but now what I'm saying is, do you think it's going to be they go undefeated no. in conference play? Or do you think that they need somebody else to lose a game before they play
1: them so they can make it too? I think that they probably lose. Well, a game. I'm saying
0: they need some help. You think they're yeah. going to need some help to win the big 10? I don't
1: think they're going to run away with
0: it. Like they have in the past. All right. I, I wouldn't disagree. I mean, there's some, there's some pretty, uh, you know, some pretty good teams in the East. You didn't really talk at all uh, about Penn state, but uh they they still have quite a bit of what it takes. I know they've lost Saquon Barkley. I know they've lost a leader and, and a and really a, a holder in Trace McSorley, um or a glue guy in Trace McSorley, but uh it's it's over with. I mean James Franklin has consistently won pretty big games, but he's never put together a full good season. No. Um I, I I want to ask, I mean, do you think that Penn State actually has a shot? Because, I mean, they've been in the same the same mode over the last three years with Trace McSorley, and it's worked to a degree, but also they've, they've lost the big games. Do you think that absence of Trace McSorley might be able to change some sort of those tides?
1: Maybe. I think they might start getting away from what they felt comfortable with offensively, and I think that might help them grow as a team moving forward. Now that they don't have someone in that position who knows everything, they can start building another guy to fit another mold if they choose to. I don't buy James Franklin. I don't buy his shtick. I don't buy anything about him. He can recruit. He can't win football games. That's how I feel about him.
0: All right. Well, the matchup that you've created, Iowa versus Ohio State, um, I'm pretty sure I know who you're going to choose here, but uh, what would be your, uh, ch- your your
1: choice? I'm going to go with Ohio State. I don't think that Iowa has the talent to run with them, and that's just I don't think any team right now in the Big Ten West has the talent to run with Ohio State, uh, just period. I just don't know if there is a team outside. I think Michigan State, Penn State, Michigan, they've proven that they can um, put up that f- – state and make games ugly and win them a team from the big 10 west has not shown that to me that they can do that
0: well i mean i, I do have to argue a little bit with you i mean just in 2017 iowa beat ohio state that is true yes I mean, was whole- this was just and and do you remember who beat ohio state last year and i mean um, whopped oh i mean whopped ohio
1: state last year i mean yeah you got a point there purdue I'm basically in my mind thinking back to Ohio State's Big 10 championship games. Outside of the Northwestern game which was relatively close last year, what did they how many points did they hang on Wisconsin? The last two times they played Wisconsin in the Big 10 championship?
0: Um I'm, okay, I uh, it was I mean, over 100. Well, it was like
1: 59 in
0: 2014. And then that's all. I mean, and then what in 2017 they? Oh uh, yeah, they they crushed them again. I don't remember what the score was, but yeah. it was another pretty bad one. Um, uh, anyways, um, I just yeah, I wanted to point that out after you said that. But there's actually been more West teams in the last th- three years. Somebody makes some dumb stat like that. Then, yeah. then uh, than teams from the East who have beat Ohio State. So. Um, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I just I know you said Ryan Day is running that offense, uh, but I'm still interested to see what happens without Urban Meyer. I know they have all the talents in the world and everything, but their defense has never been the greatest.
1: No, I
0: I Regardless, if you say they're bringing back 10, uh, 10 regulars. Help, oh, yeah, of course, but 10 regulars are not. Ohio, the Ohio State defense is definitely not known for being Big Ten status, really. No. But their offense has also not been Big Ten status quo. No. Uh, but I, that's I I I you say that Ryan Day is calling the offense. I will see exactly you know with if, if that happens. Yeah. But yeah. So next, uh, our next conference will be Zip Pac-12. So heading all the way out there in the West, um, we can start off with the Pac-12 North. I mean, you got Cal, Oregon, Oregon State, Stanford. Washington and Washington State. Um, what's your what's your feel um, on that side? Do you think Stanford, you know, after losing, you know, Bryce Love, uh, they'll be able to get another rusher in? I, it does seem like you know they had Krishman Cash, they had Bryce Bryce Love, but I feel mm-hmm. like even in a you know a recruiting sense or even in a developmental sense, you're not going to be able to find another guy like that. How do you feel about them, and do you think that they have a shot at taking the West?
1: or the North sorry yes Uh, Stanford I'm not really sure about they do lose Bryce Love KJ Costello is a senior quarterback for them that's made strides I think he'll be good Uh, Washington is going to have Jacob Easton stepping in and he's going to be good so they're going to compete Washington State always seems to have a guy Um, Oregon State okay California they are getting better but I'm going to go with Oregon in the Pac-12 North. And the reason is Justin Herbert and the reason he, and he came him coming back to school. He should be, should have been the number one pick overall in the draft. He's coming back to school. I like to think that that gives them a little bit of an edge that over these teams, because to me, Oregon and Washington, they're equal in my eyes and Justin Herbert gives them the bump. I mean,
0: Washington has pretty much run away with um, the regular season, uh, Pac-12, like two out of the last three years, uh, Oregon's had some issues um, in general since uh, Chip Kelly left uh, and Marcus Mariota left. I mean, do you think that this is the um, like this is the upswing for Oregon? Then is this where they get back to the top? Um, and kind of, like, overtake Washington for the top spot back in the
1: North? I think it's going to start going back and forth between Oregon and Washington. And another reason I really like Oregon is, you know, the amount of return starters that they have. They have 10 on offense, 7 on defense, including Troy Dye, who is uh, an amazing linebacker. And I think that that helps them against that Washington team who is going to be with – even though Jacob Eason is, again, another – number one overall recruit, that transfer. He's going to be a good quarterback, but I think having that defense and that returning defense against Washington is really going to help them. So well, I mean, think it's, yeah, it's going to go back and forth. But I'm taking Oregon this year. Now, do you think
0: that the the change of, uh, change of scenery on the head coaching front after getting rid of Willie Taggart, it was the beginning, it was the beginning of the season last year, I believe.
1: It was,
0: uh, yeah, was, was mid season. Th-
1: yeah. It was sometime right.
0: in the middle of the season, but um, I mean, do you think that actually having an entire system put in place and being able to implement it will make that much of a difference then?
1: Uh, yes, I do. I think that they are going to be, have year two of a new head coach, and Mario Cristobal. He's going to have the systems in fully now. Guys are going to either buy in or they're not going to play and you're going to have guys, you know, the normal blah, 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 head coaching change stuff. It's going to happen in Oregon this season. I think that's going to help them.
0: All right, now over to the uh, Pac-12 South. Um, I mean, let's just make it easy on you. Who you got, and do you think they're going to have a chance against
1: Oregon? I'm going with the Utah Utes. You know, Tyler Huntley is an established starting quarterback. Zach Moss is a good running back. Their defense returns a lot of guys. There's the one thing with Utah that I have to say. If they need to find a way not to lose the one or two dumb games that they lose a year. If you go back and look at their schedule and look at the records of teams that they played, you're going to have find one or two games where you look at it and go, hmm, uh, how did they lose that game? And if Utah can avoid doing that this year, they're going to find their way back to the Pac-12 championship game against Oregon, where it's going to be a game that you know, is going to be must-watch TV to me. I mean, last
0: year, the Utes... Youth- Stumbled pretty hard in the Pac-12 championship game against Washington. Yes, I mean they were scoring thirty points a game all season long, but both games that they played against Washington, they scored seven points or less. Correct. Do you do you see that sort of issue persisting, or do you really think that the experience and uh, that you know that type of revenge will be on
1: their mind? I think it'll help um, trying to prove, you know, to prove it mentality coming back from last season. I don't know if this, if it really is going to be that prominent with this team because, like I said, they return a lot of starters. There's a lot of guys who are just going to go into the season knowing what they have to do. They're going to know that they have to not lose those one or two dumb games. They're going to have to go up against good defenses throughout their season, and they're going to have to figure it out. And their season's going to depend on whether they do or they don't. And that's why I think Utah, with their experience, they have an established head coach, they have an established team. I think they can finally put it together this year and challenge for an actual Pac-12 championship. Now, I just want to bring this up while we're in the Pac-12
0: South uh, because we're going to see Michigan State, Arizona State. Yes. At Spartan Stadium. Uh, Who you got in that game and uh, what do you think?
1: I've got Michigan State in that game. I think that – this is one of those instances where that revenge thing comes to mind is we lost to Arizona State, and it was viewed as kind of among fans an embarrassment. We should not have lost that game, so we, now we have to come and prove that we have figured it out and I think that when you look at Arizona state, they're not going to have many wilkins their our, our quarterback from last year they're not going to have Nikhil Harry Eno Benjamin is a very good running back for them. I don't think that's going to matter when you go look at our defensive front and our defensive uh, propensity for giving up rushing yards, which is zero. So I think that we're going to handle Arizona State. One quick note on that. I really wish we would have scheduled Arizona State as the last game of the season. Since we had to go out and play at 120 degrees in the desert, can't they come play in 20 degrees in the snow here? Make a fair-fair. Fair-fair? No.
0: Fair, fair. No, I, I mean, they're never going to agree to that. No, no, they're not. But anyways, uh, that's uh... – the Pac-12. You said uh, you think Oregon's going to take it, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I think Oregon's going to beat Utah. It uh, circles back to the Justin Herbert effect of being him probably being in the Heisman talk at this point. I like C.J. Verdell. They're running back to get stronger and stronger as it goes through the season. I think their offense is going to eventually get to the point of Chip Kelly numbers, and I don't know if Utah can handle that def- defensively. All
0: right, let's move on to the Big 12. Uh, we all know the the situation out there can't really break into our format. So let's go ahead and just ask you um, who's the strongest team. I mean, Oklahoma has been, uh, Oklahoma has been dominant basically uh, over the last several years. Uh, Is it still their train still their uh, time to roll on?
1: I do think so. I don't, and the reason that I do is more of a process of elimination amongst the rest of the conference when you look at from alphabetically i think on down baylor i don't think they're going to challenge iowa state they always win some some wacky games but they also lose a lot of wacky games too kansas with less miles they're in year one uh kansas state replacing bill schneider oklahoma state they can't seem to beat oklahoma tcu i have to see more from them on their bounce back up from where they were Texas Tech, losing Cliff Klingsbury, year one of a new system. Same thing with West Virginia. So that leaves Texas and Oklahoma. And you know how much I would love to just pick Texas in this situation. Oh, I know. But I have to look at this with Jalen Hurts, who Kyler. And M- Alan Gurr is no slouch, no matter what, um, what's his face. Terry, uh... <laughs> Guy from the Steelers, what's his name? Whatever he says oh. at a Louisiana Tech luncheon or whatever says about uh, Sam Ellen. I
0: can't remember right now. Kevin
1: Terry Why? Bradshaw with his comments. But Oklahoma, they bring in some five stars that they haven't really brought in big nut names in the past. But they have C D Lamb, they have Trey Sermon, Jalen Hurts will be able to lead that offense. I think their offense is gonna be fine. They bring back eight starters on a defense, which was historically terrible. So that should help, but you never know. So we'll find out if Oklahoma's defense improves. I think they'd Texas twice next season. Once at the red river, once them the big 10 chip, big 12 championship.
0: Now uh, they, you know, they did lose to them uh, in, the, in the big 12 championship last year, but they did beat them in the regular season. It was hard uh, I mean, I mean, Texas is on their has been on their way back. Um, uh, I mean, Tom Herman, obviously, trending this team upwards. A lot of people are excited about him. Uh, Is Texas the only other person that you think uh, has a shot at contending with Oklahoma?
1: Um, From a more than 50% chance, yes. If I had to pick a sleeper a team to to, like, watch out for that I wouldn't necessarily be super surprised, it would be Iowa State with Matt Campbell. Um, and Brock Purdy. They are going to be a good team in the Big 12 this season. Can they put it together for a full season is the only reason I don't buy it. I don't think they can.
0: All right, so Oklahoma coming for the Big 12. Now we're going to go to the ACC, bringing out another powerhouse with the Clemson Tigers. We will just go to the Atlantic right away and I think just get this over with. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know that there's anybody who's going to beat Clemson, especially after what they did Um, you know, with a freshman quarterback in the national championship last year. um, Would you agree? I mean, is anybody challenging? I mean, the ACC's been Clemson's for quite some time now.
1: I think Clemson might be one of the better regular season teams of all time this season. Um, Don't worry about ACC championship. Don't worry about bowl games. Just look at regular season numbers. I think Clemson's going to put up a buttload of po- points. Uh, Trevor Lawrence in year two, that receiving core, um, they might score about 1,000 points a game, and that will hide what they lost on their defense because no one's going to come close to beating them. That's where I think Clemson is. They're going to bide their time through the regular season, getting those defensive guys up to speed with game situation, all that stuff, and they're going to be fine doing that because they're going to score 60 points a game, and they're not going to have to worry about giving up you know, taking their learning pains and maybe giving up 30 if they're scoring that many. Uh, I think Dabo will live with that because by the time you get to the ACC championship, the playoff situation, those guys are going to be ready. So I think Clemson's primed for another great season.
0: And, I mean, we can go into the Coastal.
1: You just said you think they'll be one of the
0: best teams of all time. Obviously, you think they're going to win the ACC, but is there anybody you have mentioned in the Coastal uh, side of things?
1: In the Coastal, I will go with Miami. Um, not a very confident Miami pick. Virginia is going to be a team that people are going to be like, what, people are talking about Virginia seriously? Yeah, Virginia's serious this year. Um, Virginia Tech, Brian Fuente, he's got to figure out what he's doing. He's got to get that train back on the rails. Uh, Duke, they lost Daniel Jones. Georgia Tech's making a change from the triple option. North Carolina's getting Mac Brown back in for year one. Um, you got the Nardog in Pittsburgh who ended up taking the Coastal last season. I don't know if they do it this year. I'm going to go with Miami. If Tate Martell gets the starting job, even if Nikosi Perry starts a few games, I think Miami's got enough talent on defense and on all their parts of the roster to really take care of everybody on the Coastal. All right. Now,
0: (laughs) we have a couple more conferences left. We're not going to spend as much time on these because they are a bit smaller. But I know one, uh, Sean has told me over and over again, he has to make sure they get their due because uh, they have even possibly uh, de facto national championships. But uh, we'll just go into the American, conference, American football conference. Uh, <laughs> America, America, um,
1: America.
0: I mean, after whatever, undefeated seasons, all that. I mean, just, just tell me. What do you think about UCF this year?
1: I think UCF's going to win the American this season again. Um, either Brandon Winbush or Mac, the guy, his last name is Mac. I don't remember his first name off the top of my head. He's the guy who was stepping in for Mackenzie Milton to end the season last year. Him or Winbush is going to win the starting job, and I think that they're going to win the American. Because when you start looking at some other teams in the American, I mean, us personally, we're going to find out what Tulsa's all about real early. Uh, I think Memphis comes away with the West and plays UCF in the East and we're going to figure it out from there. Cincinnati is the other team that I think could win the American. To me, it came down to Cincinnati or UCF on the East, and I never really took anybody from the West seriously, and I think UCF takes, gets the edge in my book. All right. Let's move on down to the
0: Mountain West Conference. It's basically a two-team race here, if I'm not mistaken. has been for about eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think out of
1: here? Boise State, I'm going to stick with Boise State. Um, They've got a good quarterback. They always tend to have good quarterbacks. I think they'll figure it out and win a bunch of games. Fresno State, obviously, is the other team from the West. Mountain is Boise State. The West is Fresno State. That, I think, is going to be the championship game, and we'll see what happens. I think Boise State wins it. Utah State would be my sleeper pick with Jordan Love. All righty, let's go to the Chills Conference. The Mac, the
0: Mac, the Mac, bro. Let's watch some action. Action. Um, uh, we got a plenty of Michigan teams, but who, who do you think is uh, who's the Mac team to watch out for?
1: Ohio. I know I picked Ohio last year, and it didn't really work out, but I'm going to pick them for the same reason I did last year. Nathan Rourke is the quarterback for Ohio? He put up amazing numbers last year. 23 passing touchdowns, ended up with 15 rushing touchdowns, almost 1,000 yards rushing, 2,500 yards passing. He's an amazing guy on the field for Ohio, and I think they take it. If I had to go with a sleeper pick, I would go with uh, Western Michigan just because of the amount of starters they return. I think they bring back about 19 out of 22 starters. Uh, That's a lot in modern-day college football, so that's who I'm going with. All right
0: we only got a couple left two more conferences We're going to go to the conference USA 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 what about uh um FAU and Lane Kiffin uh that's really all i know about some of the teams down in the conference USA i will not lie
1: yeah FAU and Lane Kiffin he has brought the most attention to the conference USA than they've had in a lot of years especially when they bring in DeAndre Francois last i heard as he was going to be at Florida Atlantic. I think that's fallen apart since I wrote this note, actually. Um, anyway, F- Lane and F- Florida Atlantic, I think they're going to win the Conference USA East Division, and they're going to advance to the title game and play North Texas. You might be saying, North Texas, who are they? They are the mean green, the quarterback Mason Fine, who has done big things last season. 3,800 passing yards, 27 touchdowns, Uh, five interceptions, 65% completion percentage. I think that they are going to probably challenge FAU for the Conference USA. And you know what? I'm going to take them. I'm taking North Texas to win Conference USA. All
0: righty. I'm going to take down FAU and Mr. Lane Kiffin. All right. One more conference before we talk about some military men possibly but the sunbelt conference make it quick make it easy Who's Sun
1: sunbelt yeah, Sun west i went with louisiana how i figured that out was how they figured out in south park how much to give sand stand for the margarita mixer if you watch south park you'll get it if not tweet me i'll explain it in the east i'm going to go with app state um they got the best team in the conference usa they have for a few years now i'm going to stick with appalachian state i think they bring back a uh, Running back Jalen Moore, he was amazing. I think they bring him back. I hope so. I wrote that down. Hopefully I'm not wrong. App State, i like them to win Conference USA. All righty. we got one more
0: thing to talk about, the independents. Do you think any of the military teams can do anything to make Notre Dame look shabby?
1: When it comes to independents, I think I said this line last year. Notre Dame is an NFL team compared to the rest of the independents. When you look at it, BYU, Liberty – Massachusetts, New Mexico State, Notre Dame, and Army. Notre Dame is by far and away the best team there. Ian Book is going to have them with ready-to-go Brian Kelly comparatively to the rest of the independents. They're going to be probably six or seven games better. Um, not realistically, but it's going to feel like it. Player to watch for me, I have, we haven't done a lot of these, but independents, Javon Ferguson. He is a guy, a linebacker from New Mexico State. You know how much I love linebackers, and I had to throw him in here when I found out how many tackles he had last year. And that number is 132. Can you imagine getting 132 tackles in one season?
0: No, I mean, you're flying, literally flying around the football field.
1: Yeah, that's an outrageous number. I think I only found one or two guys that even came close to 132, and they were in the teens and low 20s. So I think he paced college football by like 12 or 20 tackles last season. Well,
0: there's going to be a few other monster dudes to look out for. And
1: um, real quick, um, I just want—I just remembered something. Um, Jalen Moore was not the guy that I wanted to mention in the Sun Belt. It was the quarterback for App State, Zach Thomas. Um, he added 31 touchdowns last season. He was a dual threat guy. He could be great for App State again, and he's one of the reasons why I'm very high on them. Sorry to interrupt you, I just remembered what I was trying to think. No, you're fine.
0: I just wanted to ask you, um, who's your national champion and who's your Heisman winner at this point?
1: <sighs> if I had to pick the, play now, I'm going to go Oklahoma versus Clemson as the three versus or the two versus three, Alabama versus Ohio State in the one versus four. Alabama-Clemson final, Alabama wins it. All right. Now, do you, for Heisman, Heisman – mm, I think you're going to see three Heisman finalists. I think Trevor Lawrence, Tua Tunga-Vailoa, and Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin make it to the finals. I think Tua wins it just because the committee knows that Trevor Lawrence is going to be back next season and they're going to give it to him next season. I think they're going to get real screwy with how they vote for the Heisman this year because Trevor Lawrence, if he doesn't win the Heisman, I think it will be a, an atrocity.
0: Especially after the way he dismantled Alabama. Exactly. All right. Well, Sean, I hate to say it, but that is the wraps for our 2000. Oh, no. 2000- <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you our
1: know team. me. You know what? I've got about like two more hours worth of content. We could get a It could be.
0: It really could be. Uh, but we are getting a little long for uh, our, our listeners today. Um, we're going to cut it off there. Um, there. There's plenty to listen to, plenty to digest. So make sure you let us know what you think. Listen, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, we, we do appreciate you listening. We're almost episode 60. It's been quite a long time. So for those of you still out there, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, thank you very much. Now, uh, without any further ado, my name is Jake Andrew. I'm Sean DeWire. Thank you for listening to episode 59 of Just Saying Sports. We'll see you for episode 60.